In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What a difficult week I've had. <laughs> May I ask you a question? And I know some of you already, so don't hesitate to raise your hands. How many of you would echo the same thing this week? Okay. I've heard from many of you. I've also heard from many of you the struggles that you're having. And they are holy struggles that you are having during Advent. And how blessed I was that this particular Mass was dropped and is always dropped on this particular week as we come to the third Sunday of Advent. Because it gave me the absolute focus that I need for God to sustain joy in the midst of struggle. Because on the third day of Advent, the Mass is called in the Latin, Gaudate. Gaudate. The word means literally this. Rejoice. Rejoice. And you'll notice the third Advent candle is a different color than all the rest. All of the rest are blue, and if you don't have blue, use violet. But this one's a light color rose. And if we had vestments of rose, we would wear them today. Because it is a day for our spirits to find joy in the midst of struggle. That's why the Mass is named this. It's the day that Christ reminds us of the absolute importance of rejoicing in God at all times in the midst of this extremely suffering world and right in the middle of our own sufferings and struggles, we are reminded of the loving command of God to rejoice. It begins with the intro that you heard the, the choir sing this morning. You heard these words. Listen to this loving command, and I say it again, a loving command of God. Rejoice in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, nor trouble, but in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your prayers go before God. And what is this loving wisdom of God that He gives us when He calls us and commands us to praise Him and worship Him regardless of the circumstances and particularly in times of suffering? It is wisdom of old. We see it all through the Old Covenant and New Covenant. We see it in the Old Testament. We see it particularly threaded all through the Psalms. I want to read to you one particular Psalm that voices this. It's a psalm of David. And it's actually the very psalm of David, Psalm 22, that our Lord Jesus Christ begins to recite in His agony on the cross. Listen to the words of King David. I want you to hear his suffering. But then I want you to hear him walk in the wisdom of the praise of God in the midst of his suffering. He begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. Has your heart ever uttered up a prayer anything like this? When you're in the midst of suffering and struggling and you could just say, God must not be with me. I can't sense his presence with me. 
We've all been through times and moments. But then I want you to hear him redirect his heart in praise. Steer it towards God. Force it towards God in praise. Listen to the words that follow what I just uttered. David says, but you, Lord, are holy. Enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted you. They trusted you and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted you and they were not ashamed. I will declare your name to my brethren in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Do you hear David? He is suffering greatly, feeling the absence of God, but then he redirects his spirit. And you hear this incredible testament from his soul of the praise of God for all that God has done for his people all along. And he lifts that praise up to him. And what is the key verse? What I call the hinge verse in his praise. It has everything to do with why it is that God reminds us here in the midst of Advent, just beyond halfway through, that we are to continuously rejoice in God. That when we pray, even when we're suffering, even when we're offering our supplications, they must be seasoned with praise. Here's that hinge verse. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Enthroned. On the praises of Israel. And I want to tell you what that word enthroned means. Because in this Hebrew word. It's a word that I like to describe kind of like a diamond. A diamond has many faces all over it. But it's just one entity right. Well this Hebrew word is like a diamond. When he says Lord you are enthroned on the praises of Israel. Let me show you the faces of this word. Lord you take your seat among us. When we praise you. Literally enthroned. It's as if whether we are all together worshiping and praying to God. Or when we're alone. When we begin to praise him. We set up a throne that he comes and he sits with us for a while. He comes and makes himself present. Another face of that word. You make us your dwelling place. You inhabit the praise of your people. One other face of that word for you. And this one I love. And this is unbelievable to me. It almost took my breath away. And by the way, when you're sick with the flu at the beginning of the week, you have nothing better to do than look at Hebrew words. I, I assure you. <laughs> but this one blew me away. Lord, you marry yourself to us in our praise. Think of holy matrimony where two are joined and made one. When we praise Him, we experience greatly the divine union because He steps in and marries Himself to us in our praise. That is such a beautiful word and concept. It's the idea that when we, and sometimes in suffering, my friends, we must with determination because praising in the midst of suffering is so counterintuitive to our humanity and to what we're going through. It takes a discipline to turn ourselves to God and praise in the most horrendous circumstances. But when we praise God, 
The idea here is that he steps in. No. The idea here is that he invades our suffering. And he comes. And he joins himself to us. Giving us everything that we need by his presence with us. To sustain us. And my friends, whether that means that in the midst of praise, He restores our joy and alleviates the means of our suffering, thank God. Or if the suffering continues, He still renews our joy fully in the midst of strife and struggle and great pain. We thank God as well. But He comes to us. And this is why today we're given the Gospel reading from St. Matthew in chapter 11. To show us this in the life of a great saint. St. John the Forerunner. We all know who he is. He's the son of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was cousin. First cousin of our Lord's mother. The Blessed Virgin Mary. So he's related to our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was chosen by God to prepare the way of Christ and his kingdom. And to prepare the way through the ministry of repentance. To prepare the hearts of man to receive the king and all of his kingdom. And I don't believe that any of us here sitting in this room, I don't believe that any of us today would doubt the great faith of St. John the Forerunner, not a bit. And yet in St. Matthew chapter 11, we find St. Paul imprisoned, where he's about to be beheaded, and his faith weakens. And I have to tell you that this blesses me that this narrative was included in the Scriptures. We tend to sometimes forget about the reality that the saints of God, including this great saint, were human and in need of salvation, were frail at times in their faith and needed the demonstration and experience of God in their lives to grow to such a great faith where they would become these examples for us. Here's what happens. St. John is in prison, like I said, about to be beheaded. He begins to experience doubts. That Christ is the Christ. Of all doubts to have, you think that wouldn't be one for St. John. But this is how he's struggling in his suffering. Just like we do. And so he takes two of his disciples. And he sends them out to Jesus to ask him a question. And they ask him, Lord, are you the coming one? Or should we look for another? This is what John the Baptist, the forerunner, St. John is thinking are you the Christ or should we look for another one? He's sinking in his faith. But then our Lord Jesus Christ sends those disciples back to blessed St. John with the perfect answer because the perfect answer is not just yes. Jesus knew what St. John the forerunner needed to behold in order for his joy and his faith to be restored to him. And so he tells the two disciples, go back to John and tell him this. Go tell John the things that you hear and see. The blind see. The lame, they walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is offended because of me. He reveals, I am the Christ by revealing all the blessed works of God continuing to be done on behalf of mankind. He knows exactly what St. John needs for his faith to be restored, for his joy to be upheld, even in shackles, even in prison, and even in facing his own death. And my friends, he knows precisely how to do this 
for us. Why is God calling praise to come out of our soul and through our mouths when we suffer, offering it as an offering to Him? Because as soon as we begin to praise God and turn ourselves to Him with the very words of praise, of truth, of the praise of God that comes out of our soul, we begin to construct a temple, a holy tabernacle in which God comes in and inhabits and graces us by His presence with us with every bit of joy and strength to either endure continued suffering and to endure it with the joy of God and all the grace we need for it or for Him to remove it all. You see, it's not about the words of praise. It's not the words of praise that bring joy, which is why Christ has brought this Mass to us. It's not the words of praise. It's the God who inhabits our praise that becomes the joy of the soul of every one that He has created. We have just a week and a half left in Advent. Many of you are suffering with things within Advent. Many of you are suffering things with Advent and things on top of Advent. Set yourselves this day to rejoice your way through the rest of Advent. Let God fill that tabernacle. Restore your joy. Give you strength for the rest of this journey so that we can proclaim great praise at His birth on Christmas. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.